Welcome back into One Winning Pod, where we are all of mixed emotions and mixed health, uh, not unlike the Ravens. A great win uh, when we just look at the scoreboard here to defeat the Houston Texans, a young team that showed a, shown a lot of promise. I was impressed by several players on that game, but uh, you can definitely tell that they're a team that is definitely a year or two away at the earliest, and it showed. Ravens came in. Took care of business uh, from the winning the football game standpoint, but unfortunately not in the keeping away from injuries standpoint. And unfortunately, we have to say that the same has to be said for our podcast team. Even though uh, this was an injury that happened prior to the game, we have now gotten word that injury was uh, worse than first anticipated. Alec, I don't know if you want to oh, you want to share, you, you know, <laughs> add on to the list here: J.K. Dobbins, Ronnie Stanley, Alec Pulianis. <laughs> Yeah, well, my injury is not not quite like that, but uh, yeah, actually, when we recorded last last time on Monday, the preview show, I had a broken wrist. I just didn't know it yet. Uh, I knew I fell. I knew it hurt, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got it checked out, and uh, yeah, we gotta go in for gotta go in for some surgery. Get screwing it. Gonna be one of those guys now, and uh, but we'll recover. We'll be fine. And uh, it's funny too because I actually have broken the exact same bone in the other wrist from another fall, and. <laughs> And uh, apparently I need to like take jujitsu classes, you know, learn how to fall better. Take a, take a note from Tua <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's not great guys, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll recover. So what's the prognosis? Are you thinking uh, week to week? <laughs> week to week. Yeah, dude. I, you know, I told you guys before the show, the doctors, they, they want you to do nothing. I can't imagine what the conversations are for these guys that have to play football <laughs> with these injuries, you know? <laughs> They're like, if you could never use your arm again for the next, like, three months, that'd be great. And you're like, well, that's not really realistic, right? <laughs> Can we be a little bit more reasonable? But, yeah, I mean, these injuries, guys, I really want to take a moment for JK because, like, how incredibly heartbreaking for this man. Um, obviously, had the huge injury just two years ago. Took a year. Uh, completely away and then half a year the next year he wasn't 100 percent, still recovering had to get a scope and you know he held in trying to get a contract to protect himself from this exact scenario and here we are you know he played some downs had a touchdown was almost about to get another touchdown and then he's out for the year with an achilles and we know how detrimental an achilles injury can be for an explosive athlete athlete and I just, I feel for him. I do think he'll get another opportunity in the league and he will be back, but it's also just like, dang, you know, like it's going to, it's going to be different, undeniably different. Most definitely. Yeah. I mean, the Ravens backfield, I think we have the guys to weather this storm. Um, Gus Edwards, we know year in and year out, he's been, he's been a guy who can really help this team. Still stands to see, can he continue to be the same guy outside of a Greg Roman offense? There were some promising signs in this game, but still not enough to really fully answer that question. Even it's Still just one game still, but, um, you know, I think we want to see some more from Gus in this offense. Justice Hill had a promising preseason once again. Uh, did have two touchdowns yesterday. Granted, they were both short yardage, but I mean, still, you know, um, career high for him in the scoring category. You love to see that. But neither of them are JK, and I say that with as being someone who who loves Gus Edwards and is rooting for Justice Hill to finally be something in this league. Uh, Dobbins just has a playmaking ability that that those guys just can't replicate. Um, we saw it on display on that touchdown that, that JK had. Uh, that the shot of him just diving over the end zone like that's that stuff you put in like Nike commercials. That stuff that that goes on posters. That was uh, an excellent play. And it's just the the bad luck this guy has had with injuries over the past few seasons. It's just it is heartbreaking, like you're saying. You you, you care for these guys, you do. You know, we we see them go out there, they put their blood, sweat out there, and try and win games for us fans over here who can't do anything but but shout at the stadium. And uh, just the way way sports is, particularly football, um, injuries can happen, and they can derail an incredibly promising career and who knows what's going to be next for jk uh he's a guy who's a fighter but i mean still you know having this happen now three years in a row with these injuries man you just hope he's in a good place and that he can he can weather this well i think i was reading the after uh game uh presser uh patrick queen was was really emotional when talking about the injury you can go back and read read it on espn but um because i don't i don't remember the specifics right now but 
Queen particularly is pretty emotional. I'm sure there's other guys on the team who feel the same way. Um, you know, it's one of their brothers out there, and and it's just not. This is going to be another year where J.K. is just not going to be able to to be on the field to prove what he knows he can do. So um, prayers up to him for things to work out. But that's just a devastating blow for J.K. first and foremost, but also a devastating blow for the Ravens. Yeah, just, man, couldn't even get through one week, too. I mean, the timing of it was just absolutely terrible. I agree with you guys. I think, you know, as, as far as the roster, um, you know, I've, I think even Harbaugh said it. I think, um, you know, they were like, hey, we've got all the guys we need in-house. So from a roster perspective, you know, like you can't re- replicate JK, but I think the coaching staff is pretty confident. I feel pretty confident in the guys we do have, um, you know, uh, you know, versus, you know, 2021. Obviously, that was a completely, completely different story. Um, but yeah, you know, big shame, man. It's just... Dobbins is going to be one of those players for us, you know, whether this is the last of, of him as a Raven or not, um, you know, so much potential. I mean, we were all so excited, at least maybe not initially, but after the, 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 the <laughs> after the pick, it kind of sunk in a little bit and we realized like, okay, he's really going to upgrade this running back room for us in 2020. Um, and he did for, you know, for that one year and we were really excited for him. Um, but man, just, so much potential so much we we really wanted to see from him and it just sucks man these these injuries really have kind of sapped a lot from him um you hope that he's able to come back at, at some level be able to get for it but i mean the the real question for for him in his career is being able to get through it mentally and then you know if he wants to come back you know just whatever to do with you know his body to be able to 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 last because uh, it's just a shame that just it seems like if it's not one thing, it's another with him. And unfortunately, not the first injury of the day. You know, um, another major injury, it seems, of Marcus Williams. The latest update from Coach Harbaugh is that they, uh, you know, he's seeing the doctors and trying to make a decision on how to proceed with this uh, pectoral tear that he has going on. And, you know, Marcus might be out for the year almost. I mean, I, I think he might be available by end of year in playoffs, but kind of similar to last year but it seems like maybe even a bigger chunk yeah i feel like this one we're probably gonna have to wait a couple of days to figure out what's going on here but yeah i when i heard this one too i kind of thought well it's going to be a repeat of last year with the with the wrist injury i, I don't remember how many games he was out eight eight, eight games nine games something <laughs> <Hey>. like that <laughs> I, I hear it's about that long <laughs> yeah um but yeah, I mean, uh, looks like you know we don't have too much information as of today. I think Harbs gave updates on on the presser for everybody. Really, J.K. was the only one that he was like, okay, definitely going to be out. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, it's a shame about Marcus too. I mean, <laughs> knock on wood, man. I <laughs> I feel like it. It's funny in the in the game day chat. Uh, I can't remember was it uh, was it Markowski or somebody was asking like you know is J.K. in the top five like talented Ravens who you know his careers have been cut short or. Uh, by injuries and then i'm like man right now marcus williams might even be in that top five um it's really unfortunate because again like prior to coming to the ravens i mean this guy was as healthy as he could be only missed a couple of games with the saints and and now just kind of two fluke injuries honestly um you know from him and, and be able to miss all those games and absolutely sucks um you know i hope that he he's able to get back i mean fortunately pec muscles i don't think are you know, as bad as an Achilles or an ACL or anything. So I think he should be able to come back, but definitely does suck from the, from the roster perspective. You're going to miss him. He's a great player. Yeah. The the one silver lining, I guess you can look here is that like we said, we were in this situation last year and Geno Stone was able to come in and serve as an admirable replacement. Obviously Stone can't do everything that Williams can do, but he had a really good season last year in that role. I assume we're going to go right back there. Um, you've got Kyle Hamilton here as a year older, a year savvier. Um, hopefully he can have a big year, and that will help lessen the load that you're going to lose here with Marcus Williams. And of course, our defense is going to be at its best with him out there. But you, you at least have to be happy that these are. this is a position where we have depth, and same at running back too. It, it doesn't lessen the, you know, the fact that it happened to a certain player, but the Ravens do have a contingency plan at both these positions, and it's a contingency plan that I think is pretty solid. And as long as everything else stays upright, can keep this team most certainly in playoff contention. But it's still going to make the road harder. Um, 
so those two injuries, yes, yeah, certainly those are the ones that seem to be longer term. What might be shorter term, although we still need to get more information, but I, from what we know now, they sound a little more promising. Uh, Ronnie Stanley, unfortunately, back on the injury report, he was at, went down and was out of the game. And then not too long after that, we saw Tyler Linderbaum fall to the ground. He had to be helped out. Um, again, I think we're waiting for more information, at least last I saw. But those injuries do seem like they're going to be shorter term, which is good because while we're talking about, you know, we feel somewhat comfortable with the depth at running back and at uh, safety, offensive line, I think our depth there is a little leaner. Yeah, week to week for both those guys and you know, in Harborough speech, that could be anything, but you know, I feel pretty confident that uh, it'll be a couple weeks probably for both of them based on kind of what the injury looks like and, and all that. Um, Stanley, you know, it's tough. The guy didn't really get to practice much. He's on rest days still with the ankle. And uh, obviously this is not the same thing as the knee, but all part of that system. And, you know, he might be a little bit slower to come back just because of that concern. And then Linderbaum, I mean, man, he got rolled up on pretty bad. Looked not great, but uh, hopefully, you know, it's one of those sprains that he's able to work on and and get get back in there. I do think it's two places that we can weather the storm for a bit, but there's no depth after this. Um, that's the that's the killer with stuff like this. Is you know, remember remember when we were talking about fifty three man roster breakdowns? We were like, must defer. Seems like a guy you got to keep because of the, you know, have a backup center. And it didn't take long for him to get some game action. So now there's nobody. I mean, technically McCarry, but he's now he's now playing tackle, <laughs> you know, because of Stanley. So uh, Falele is available, and then, like, you could play Cleveland at tackle. They did some of that during the preseason. I mean, it just it gets nasty quick. So definitely want to see these guys get back. And just a shame adds on to the Marlon Humphrey injury and Mandrew's injury. Mandrew's uh, got tweaked at the last minute and couldn't play. Um, I think that was a good move against a team like this. Like, just take it, take it easy. You don't want to lose anybody um, that's currently nicked up. Let him, let him heal a little bit, little bit more. Well, on the slight positive side, um, we're hearing some chatter that Marlon Humphrey and Mark Andrews could potentially be available for Sunday. Uh, that would be a huge help. Obviously, both those guys are guys that you, you definitely want out there when you have a big division game, division game on the road against Cincinnati. Uh, we know Cincinnati just got walloped by Cleveland again. What are they? I think I think Cincinnati's one in five against Cleveland in the past three years. We'll get they that are. number. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, uh, who knows what we really learned from week one because <laughs> the Bengals can't figure out the Browns for whatever reason. But um, I guess we'll talk about that more uh, as we go or in the next episode when we uh, talk Bengals with uh, with our favorite Bengals fan uh, that we know of, also the only Bengals fan that we know of. But um, <laughs> I guess let's talk about this game because, you know, the game happened. Obviously, you know, the big thing that everyone wants to talk about is the injuries, but the game happened. Um, it was sloppy. But there was definitely some takeaways that we can take from here, some good, some bad. I was thinking about starting with the defense, particularly the front seven, because after all this talk about injuries, and I'm sure we're all kind of uh, tired and just a little depressed on that. And in my opinion, I felt like the front seven on defense was the strongest unit of, on the team in this game. You know, they were active from the start against Stroud. They had him hurrying in the pocket. They had him throwing receivers wide. Uh, ten quarterback hits, five of those were sacks. Uh, the Texans were never able to get the run game going, uh, including uh, Damian Pierce, a rookie phenom from last year. In my opinion, the front seven had an excellent game, and and that's where I wanted to look at at first. What did you guys think about the front seven? Yeah, definitely agree. Um, you know, I, I just want to caveat with that too. Part of that, um, just keep in mind, Texans were rolling out a bunch of backups and backups to backups, and then eventually replace some of the backup backups with other backups. Um, but that being said, um, I definitely think they played very well, particularly turned it on. I think in the second half, um, Matabike in particular, 
I think one of the guys on the defensive line who was really wrecking havoc. Um, but other guys too, like Clowney, Owe, I think were playing pretty good. Jabo came in with that play up, uh, against that backup tackle, which which ended up being a turnover. That was really great. And, uh, you know, obviously the, the inside linebackers as well. If we're going to talk about the whole front seven, I mean, uh, Patrick Queen and, and Rowe, I mean, they combined for, well, they had uh, over 20 tackles, I thought, between them two. Um, 25, I think. 10. Yeah. 27. Yeah, yeah. 27, yeah. Okay. Keep going up. Keep going up. <laughs> Keep going up. Yeah, I mean, they had tons and tons of tackles. I mean, on from their side, I thought that they did a great job of, of stuffing Damian Pierce um, on, on almost every play. I mean, you could clearly see from from him, he's a very explosive player. Um, to be honest, I mean, I, I kind of looked at him and, you know, got a little worried at some point sometimes, right? I mean, uh, Texans coming in with a backup line, like, yeah, they might not be able to pass protect, but I think they, they could probably figure out run blocking and with a guy like Pierce behind them, like, I feel like it could, could have been pretty easy for them to kind of take control of the game, uh, but uh, Ravens didn't let it happen. So, uh, yeah, lots of positives. Yeah, nobody runs on this team. Like, they didn't do it at the end of year last year. They're not going to do it this year. As long as PQ and Roe are back there, forget about it. I mean, they just uh, – anything that gets past the, the front four, which isn't necessarily that much, you know, it's not like they're doing a bad job. They're going to wrap up. It's just the way it is. And uh, this that's super cool. I mean, we saw a ton of nickel, ton of nickel, very little base. I was, I was calling them out a little bit more often than normal. I was trying to educate Rachel. It was her first game with me. And uh, <laughs> I was trying to point out some stuff. But uh, – yeah, it was fun uh, to see how well they were playing, and they're not even being shy about saying that they're the best, you know, pair in the in the whole league. And I think it shows. I mean, and it's cool. I I do think there's a big ripple effect. We saw solid pass coverage out of those guys making big plays, blitzing, high leverage blitz plays, stopping uh, fourth downs. That they, they they handled it all, and our inside linebackers are are clutch. And I do think there's something to be said. If you can have guys like that high quality, I wonder how like you know devalued it becomes in a way. Just because the things that they enable is is pretty powerful. Oh, certainly. And I, I think you know another thing that really makes it a deadly combination is just you just never know which guy's coming. Uh, I mean, Roquan's obviously the guy who who's had more accolades and has had the better career, but. Um, like we saw last year, we saw in this game as well. Uh, Roquan is really helping to unlock Queen. We'll see if that continues when they go against offenses that have better passing attacks. But uh, Queen looked excellent yesterday. He made several plays. He looked confident out there. Uh, I think that, that's something that can sometimes be understated. There's been at times in his career where he has, hasn't looked that way. But he was had a lot of swagger yesterday. And he was just flying around. So, yeah, I, when we talk about the front seven, I think you definitely start with those guys. Those guys set the tone for everybody else. Um, and, you know, I'm going to shift gears here, but, you know, we're talking about Pierce uh, of the Houston Texans. You know, another Pierce showed up in this game, on, but on the Ravens side, Michael Pierce, his first action with, with the Ravens since in his second stint. I tell you what, this guy... He for a guy as big as he was and who hasn't played as much football as he has in the past few years, I was actually pleasantly surprised with what we saw with him. I thought that he um, had, was pretty good in, in pass coverage. There was times where he was, uh, excuse me, pass rush. I should say, although they did drop him back in pass rush at, at least <laughs> once early in the game. You know, there was a couple times that he he was in the backfield. At one point, he came close to sacking Stroud. I, I can't recall when this was. I couldn't double check it, but I'm pretty sure he actually what he actually did was prevent us from getting a, a sack because he, he forced the linebacker who was chasing Stroud to, to, to shift direction and that allowed uh, Stroud to, to wiggle out. But I mean, you know, the, the defensive line had a great game as well. You know, we, Chris mentioned Matabike. He, he had a, a really good uh, game. Uh, Broderick Washington was really good against the run. But I mean, those guys we kind of expected. Uh, Travis Jones played well as well. Uh, we'll talk about the penalties they had too because that was the one knock I think you can have against them. Mm-hmm. But, yep. but Michael Pierce is a guy that... You know, we don't know what to expect from this guy. He hasn't played much football in a while. Um, he's on the older side. So, you know, maybe he looks so good because our expectations are kind of out of whack for him. But I thought he looked pretty pretty spry and agile for a guy his size and age yesterday. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, all, all positive things. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, it's week one. So, 
you know, the the expectations for this week, I think are definitely going to change. Right. And especially with a guy like Pierce too, I think um, the, the defensive line I think is going to um, have to be able to survive on uh, rotating guys out and keeping them fresh. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's not like last year, you know, well, even last year, I guess that wasn't really the plan, but, um, last year, I mean, you know, we, with a guy like Clayus Campbell who could play a ridiculous amount of snaps, even at his, at his age. Um, I don't think that's what the Ravens want to do this year. I think, um, even in this game, I think they rotated out guys quite a bit, um, which is why I think you saw more of like Matabike in the second half is they, I think they had him play a little bit more at the, at that point. Uh, versus like Jones and 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 Pierce, I think in the first half, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought all good things. Um, certainly, you don't want him to stay healthy. That's number one. Um, you know, he only got through a couple games last year, so um, yeah, all positive signs. I'm looking through the game book, and I don't even see the snap counts. I'm going to start looking at other sources, but like, I was trying to see the kind of the distribution of all the snaps. I will say, the second half of the show for both sides, offense and defense way better they definitely made some good adjustments at halftime and you could kind of start seeing what they wanted to be long term another guy that was solid uh for the ravens was Owe in this performance seven rushes uh pressures which was on the top in the league for week one and he looked like a more well-rounded player definitely uh Owe was always around the ball in this game um you notice it watching live, and then it stuck out even more when watching the replay. Uh, no actual sacks, but I think those pressures are just as important, if not more, like you pointed out there. Uh, Stroud, I think, I, I don't ha- haven't had a chance to look at what the actual numbers are, but it seemed to me like he was hurrying his throws. Like he was trying to get the ball oh, yeah. out of there quickly. So, you know, there wasn't a huge amount of t- uh, opportunity for sacks, which I think makes that five sacks that they did actually get um, a little more impressive too, but yeah. And of course we have to caveat all this, that this is against Houston, but I still think that this is, this was the most complete game we've seen out of away to date. This is a guy who yesterday who looked like a former first round pick in this game. Um, they were lining him up in multiple, uh, locations. He was in the backfield a ton. Like we said, this is what we want to see from him week in and week out. And then now that's the next step. It's it, consistency. That's been another huge thing with him. But incredible first game for Owe. I can't say enough good about it. It's just it's just what we've wanted to see from this guy. And hopefully it continues because it, it was huge. It was huge for them in that game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, even even with Owe, I mean, he's going up against uh, Tunsil uh, part of the game. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I remember seeing a couple of pass rush um you know, events with, with guys kind of rushing up against him. I think I remember Clowney rushing up against Tunsil and Tunsil completely won that matchup. <laughs> Nothing against Clowney. I'm just saying like, you know, he's, you know, d- despite the injuries on Houston's line, like Tunsil still one of the best tackles in the game for sure. So um, yeah, I think to, to that point, um, I think OA played really well. Another thing I think it was kind of also there too is uh, if you guys noticed, I feel like um, Stroud went flushed right. I think he was pretty accurate um, on the run when he was getting chased and ended up making a couple of really good throws downfield to be able to move the chains on a couple of third downs. So um, now when he's rushed to the left, obviously, I think that's where you saw um, Matabike sack. Obviously, he doesn't have time to be able to set his feet. Matabike was able to catch up and then sack him. So, um, you know, I feel like that's kind of part of uh, OA's pressures is just knowing like, okay, well, he's on the left side rushing right. So that's exactly where Stroud wants to go and he's still able to make a throw. So, uh, all good stuff from OA. He was definitely one of those players I felt like I noticed a lot. Um, other than that, too, I mean, I, I feel like the secondary, one of the things that kind of really surprised me is um, obviously going in, you know, no Marlowe. Uh, Rocky Sin was also uh, not playing it a whole lot. So we saw a lot of new cornerbacks. And um, I thought, you know, for the most part, um, obviously, you know, you gave up a few completions and things like that. I mean, some guys had some uh, a lot of, um, you know, completions, but I didn't think that they really mounted so much. And uh, overall, I p- pretty positive coverage. I mean, I feel like Brandon Stevens played pretty well. Uh, Darby also played re- really well. I thought early on he had that really nice tackle to stop the Texans on fourth down. That was really great. And um, yeah, I mean, just uh, I didn't really know what to expect going into this. And I feel like I came away from it pretty pleasantly surprised with the guys we have on the field. So Never to be denied. NFL Jesus with the win. I got some snap counts for us. 
And uh, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, man, I can't believe NFL.com has gone so much worse. NFL Plus, we were complaining about it last week. Now we uh, complain about, uh, you know, the fact that they don't update their game books once the snap counts are in. You have to go to Jesus. But, anyways, we got uh, Matt Abike played 74% of the snaps, OA 64, Clowney 60, Pierce 55, and Ajabo 48. Uh, and the Broderick Washington, 45. Um, so nice rotation. A little bit more on Matabike than I anticipated. But um, definitely definitely uh, made made the most of those snaps. But uh, to go back to the, the corner situation, also interesting, Rakusin only played 10% of the snaps. You know, kind of came in, thought he'd be the starter, but seems like he got outpaced by Darby and Stevens, and they played well. Like Chris was saying, I was really pleased with Darby. I, I actually felt much more reassured in our corner situation after seeing Darby play. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I guess for me, and and maybe I'm viewing this wrong, I I guess what it is is just like the Texans wide receivers scared me so little that I, I, I I just don't know what to take away from what we saw. I will say, yeah, I love the aggressiveness that Darby played with. Same with Stevens. Stevens played incredibly aggressive. At one point, um, just before the half, uh, he, he, uh, Tried to intercept a pass, was was there a tad late. Um, maybe not a play you want to do in, in a game against, like, say, the Bengals or the Bills, but um, he had coverage uh, over top, so that only turned into, like, a seven-yard game there by Woods, I think. But, I mean, you know, like like I always say, you can't control who you're up against. They did a great job there, um, which just scares me with the secondary. And, again, it's kind of unfair because there's nothing they can do to prove or disprove this at this point yet is it reminded me kind of like um, back uh, 2016, the opener there. And we had a lot of questions about the secondary going into into that game. We were playing the, the Bills or quarterback by, by Tyrod Taylor at that point. I can't even remember what receiving targets were on that team. And there were some corners in that game. And, and even I can't remember the, their names. I, I'm, I'm blanking. Maybe I can get the game up. And we were, like, we were really impressed with how they played in that game it seemed really similar to this and then several weeks later when we played actual passing offenses a la you know New York Giants with Odell Beckham uh it just completely fell apart so and again I think that's it's unfair for me to to say like oh well because that happened then like I I take what happened in this game and with like and I can't say anything positive about it just because of the level of competition but yeah I mean they, they did what they needed to do in this game I would have liked to see uh, them have, you know, a few less completions by Stroud there. Uh, him eclipsing 200 yards, sure. They were, a lot of them were empty calories throws. Um, still didn't love it. But, yeah, I mean, you know, if they play like they did here, great. It's just hard for me to, to gauge how this is going to translate uh, even next week, you know. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean that's and that's the big test. That's always the thing we've been talking about for weeks. Looking at the kind of look at past this game, you know, wanted to win it. We're sloppy at first. Got uh, you know, a little bit of scare, quote unquote. You know, if you just look at the scoreboard, seven to six at the at the half. Oh my goodness, you know, the Ravens going to blow it. Yep, <laughs> they weren't going to blow it. I mean, it was, I was telling Rachel, I was like, it's not that close. Like I'm just watching it. Like it, the dam will break. The dam has to break. Like we're playing so much better than them. It's just. uh but uh, yeah, it definitely did in the second half um, break. And guys like uh, in the secondary were covering so well, you know, with the pass rush being what it was, they never, they really protected Stroud from taking like long reads downfield, long passes. It, the ball was getting out so quick, it was hard for the pass rush. And I, I had it known there that the, the pass rush was a little disappointing. And then Peter was like, hard to disagree. And I was kind of like, yeah, you know, it, I get why you're saying that because I guess I was really hoping they would let us feast on him, <laughs> you know, like, but like the ball was out so quick, there was not that many opportunities for a pass rush event. So the fact that they were able to get there as often as they did and pressure, that is good. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe I want to see some sacks come faster next time. You know, that's, that's always the goal, but um you know, the persistence to get after the quarterback and eventually, um, you know, make an impact is, is what's also uh, important, too. I guess five sacks on, on 10 quarterback hits would be a, a healthy meal as opposed to a feast. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. 
Yeah, I, I think yeah, I get I, that I think argument. I get like, yeah, I get like <laughs> six or seven. You know, I think I think that's like the magic number where it's a feast. Gotcha. <laughs> this was it was yeah, like I, a, I see what you're saying. Enthusiastic, enthusiastic buffet. You know, five. <laughs> <laughs> right. You went you went back for seconds. <laughs> I'm very curious to see. We had a lot of big nickel going on early on because, um, you know, we can do that with uh, with Hamilton. I'm curious if how they're going to feel about their safety depth going forward, and if they want to do stuff like that or or what. You know, so stay tuned. You know, <laughs> I, I'm guess I'm, I'm curious if like Worley's going to be playing in those roles. If Lucien gets called up eventually. Uh, somebody that's on the roster. Stevens makes a transition back to safety yet again because reasons. Will Ardarius play safety and Hamilton come down? I, there's there's so many different ways you can you can spin it, but I just I'm I'm very curious to see how they manage the injury this time around with uh, with with Williams being out. Yeah, I, I think that's bringing up a great point, and it might be a week to week thing because I mean with with both Marlon and Marcus out. I mean, hopefully Marlon's back soon, but. Yeah, you got a lot to think about there. Um, and again, like I said, I do want to point out that, yeah, I agree we saw a lot of positives from this group, and some of it is going to translate, hopefully. Um, so you got options. You got a lot of guys on the on the team you can play. But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll have some uh, spit out some ideas there uh, when we do the Bengals preview. Shifting over to the offense, um, yeah, this is a position group where I felt like it was um, a little bit more mixed results than the defense. Um, I think all things considered, I think there was a lot of positives to take away from the defense, the offense. I think that there was definitely some rust. Uh, I feel like you could kind of see the you know, decision to not play all the starters, I'm not saying that was a bad one or not, but you could see that the, the decision to not play as many starters in the preseason caused some rust. Um, there were a few plays, I think, from Omar, a couple turnovers, just some some sloppy play in, in, in ball security. I think um, offensive line struggled a little bit as well, uh, which honestly I, I think that's also uh, a tip of the hat to Houston as well. I think their defensive line played extremely well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, at the end of the day, 25 points, um, th- that's a pretty good day. Um, so I, I think, uh, you know, maybe – Going into the game, I feel like a uh, new offensive coordinator, you're always really excited to see the offense. Like, oh, yeah, I want to see all these new wrinkles and, and see, you know, Lamar pass for 5,000 yards or, you know, whatever in game one. Uh, didn't see that this game, but uh, at the end of the day, I feel like the results uh, did work. But there's a lot, I think, that's going to be, uh, you know, being worked on uh, moving forward. So what did you guys think? Yeah, I mean, you know, ultimately the offense wasn't, too much of a surprise to me. Uh, we would have loved to see a, a huge performance, but I, you know, I think it's like what we said in the preview. Uh, this defense going into it, we thought was going to be more susceptible on the run. Passing would be a little harder because you had corners, maybe not the strongest secondary in the league, but guys who were ball hawks, guys who had a lot of interceptions previously. So that seemed to be the game plan. The game plan really seemed to be get the running backs, their carries, and uh, introduce Zay Flowers to the NFL. That, that really seemed to be uh, what the the goal was. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think in execution, it was a lot of up and down, but completely expected. Like you said, new offensive coordinator, I think it's going to take a couple weeks for this group to really get gelling, uh, just like what we saw last year with the the transition to the McDonald defense on that side of the ball. Um, it certainly took them a few weeks before we saw them really – uh, close out the season strong. It wasn't just the Roquan trade. It was it was all those guys gelling, playing in that scheme more. I feel like uh, really brought out the best in that unit. And then for the starters, like you know, the blocking was inconsistent, but most of those guys hadn't had any game action yet. Lamar, of course, was having his first game action since the injury last year. Uh, he had a, a similar up and down game against the Jets in Week One last year. So, you know, all in all, I think that. I'm not too worried about it. Now, if this is a kind of performance we see, like, say, in week six, then, yeah, I'm starting to worry. But first game in a game where you knew that all you had to do was was not turn the ball over and you're going to get out there with a win, I'm fine with it. I, You know, I, I wanted to see more explosive plays, sure. You know, the fan in me wanted to see that. But for what they needed to do this game, I, I think the offense did exactly what they needed to do, but maybe nothing more than that. <laughs> Yeah, they, they flirted with uh, some turnovers. <laughs> you know, they, so they like, did. Yes, how many, they how, did. Many, how many turnovers can we do in in scoring position in Tucker's field goal range? You know, 
Um, I guess I meant a multitude of turnovers, you know? Yeah, no, no, I hear you. It's all good. It's just funny though. Like we, we, we gave up a lot of points by, um, by unfortunate turnovers and that's stuff that will cost you against better teams. But luckily, uh, that's not the kind of team we're talking about here. As far as the offense goes, the number one thing that was most concerning to me, not at all the passing or the rushing game or like whatever, like it's offensive line, man. Like we kind of talked at the top. Zeitler had a poor game. If you go back and watch just getting the bested by some guys that shouldn't like just straight up man. Oh man. Like it wasn't even like a stunt. Like there are, there were some stunts too, but just like missing blocks. Um, Stanley was getting, being like a drum <laughs> to use a coach Evans term. Uh, he was doing a, a live stream of, of watching the all 22 and I was watching it during lunch. And uh, yeah, that I, I was seeing the two man, like wasn't great. Definitely was struggling there. Um, Simpson, not, not as bad, not as bad. Moses had some struggles. Uh, Linderbaum, dog dude there's some there's some cool ones on there of him like just gazelling over and like (laughs) getting a block on the second level that just there's no no business for him to be that far up the field you know um cool guy but uh i i I definitely i gotta see more out of stanley and now he's hurt that's even worse right like uh he might be a a little slower or whatever when when rehabbing back but um Need to see better play out of that. Need to see better play out of Zeitler. Zeitler's one of those guys that's so old, you know, like up there in his career where you're like, is this the year? Is the fall off year? Um, I know that he wanted a contract too, uh, an extension, but he's he's at the end of his contract. So we'll see, man. We'll, we'll definitely have to see. I hope these guys, um, it's not a fall off year or anything, and they, they are able to play at a higher level. But um, I, I we were talking about it too. It's like, is Will Anderson actually that good? <laughs> he might be. Yeah, I'd love to kind of watch his his film again to take a look at uh, you know the individual guys uh, on on the Texans defensive line in particular. But uh, yeah, I mean, just kind of from what I remember of the game, I mean, Lamar felt uh, under duress a good bit of time. I mean, obviously, you know, he's a threat to take it away with his legs, but I feel like um, you know there were a lot of positions where he just wasn't able to or just didn't decide to take that uh, that shot. So. I ended up with a few more sacks. Um, you know, fortunately, nothing like super concerning from a physical perspective. I think he, you know, he fell, he fell correctly. He fell fine um, I, for most of the sacks that I remember. Uh, but still, you know, you don't like your quarterback uh, to be on the ground like that. So, yeah, uh, a little bit concerned with that as well. I think the the kind of separately, the the biggest thing for me that I, I noticed was the was the Zay force feeding um, <laughs> felt a little. Um, a little excessive in in some instances. However, I totally understand if that can be a week to week game plan. Also, if you put that out now, then you know the Bengals have to have to plan for that next week. I'm sure we'll talk about it more, but um, I just don't want to see that week 16. <laughs> week one's <laughs> fine. Week 16, I don't want to see that. Yeah, I mean, uh, going back to uh, to Will Anderson, Morgan Moses might have uh, put himself on on. Uh, Will Anderson's Hall of Fame uh, highlight reel, if uh, if he, his career really is that, because he's the one who gave up that sack. And man, I I don't think that was Moses' fault. I think that was just a pure freak athlete who's way younger. Just he just got the the position there, and it was over. It was over off the snap. But uh, yeah, Jonathan Greenard also had a really good game for Houston. Um, he was a guy we talked about. Had a really good twenty twenty one. Fell off last year. Uh, you know going from eight sacks in 2021 to only one and a half in 22 off to a good start this year you know he had two hits he had the sack he's in the backfield a lot as well um four sacks by the texans again doesn't seem like a lot but that ties for the most that the ravens gave up in a game uh from last year they gave up four sacks again it's new england um and that was the most well okay let me rephrase that that was at least the most when lamar was was it uh, under center last year but yeah, I mean, credit the Texans' defense. These guys were young. They were hungry, and they, they played that way. Um, but going to your point with Zay Flowers, yeah, I'm, I'm on you with that, too. I hope that was just, let's give this guy some easy plays just to kind of, you know, get his feet wet in the NFL. If, if nothing else goes well, at least there's these plays that are just like, you know, you, you can't fail on these, right? But I, I think that there were a couple other times during this game where he ran actual routes, got open. Lamar was able to hit him, or he got in the open field, and he was able to show uh, that that same elusivity, that same elusiveness that um, that we saw in the preseason, right? Um, 
he looks like he's ready. And while we will say, okay, so Texans, I think this Texans defense played harder than we were expecting. They were physical, particularly with Odell. Odell, man, they were not letting him get anything easy. They were on him all day. Uh, They really made him work. But yeah, I I think Zay had an excellent first game uh, as a rookie in, in the NFL. And I was also impressed with Bateman. We didn't see him much, but when his number was called, he made plays. I think his first target, he had to come back several yards on an underthrown pass, extended his body, made that catch, made a couple other catches throughout the game. He looks healthy. Uh, he exited the game just fine. A really good day for those all three of those receivers. Again, Zay got the big numbers, but I think Bateman and Odell, when their numbers were called, uh, they made plays. And so, you know, inconsistent play from the offensive line for sure but I think we saw a really promising first game from these receivers this was an amazing game from the receivers <laughs> like I'm, I'm like so bought in because they didn't even have Mark Andrews guys yep <laughs> they, they were producing yeah. without Mark Andrews and likely I, I don't try to be negative on the show too much but like bro was like maybe he needs to get this the system down a little bit more he was missing some blocks you know, we saw some really nice progression out of him blocking wise, and I thought I thought he would take another step, but it seemed like he regressed a little bit. Um, maybe maybe he was better of a blocker in a, a backup role, you know, as a second tight end than in the primary. But anyways, um, this was amazing. I mean, I think you can't understate how well Bateman played. Like he didn't get the touches. But if you look at the all 22, the guy was wide open several times and like maybe the pass rush broke down. So there was on a good throwing lane or um, Lamar just straight up missed. Like he should have gone to that other side of the progression. Um, but yo, like Bateman looked really solid. Odell savvy as ever getting these PIs for 40 yards. I mean, that's, that's something that should be in some stat category. Uh, can't, can not pay attention and and total bailout yo like the one was a bad throw in double coverage and he just ran into the guy and got the you know got the contact i mean just savvy stuff right like uh definitely kind of playing playing it a little bit i feel like you know uh a little, little hamming it up for uh the rough the refs but uh yeah just really savvy and then of course you know, got you guys say flowers which is just He's like that guy already. Like I'm, I, I'm 100% sold. He does this in a regular season game against a team that I think we will say has a good defense by end of season with defensive-minded coach, good young players, et cetera. Like they're definitely trending in the right direction and well-coached. I mean, the guy, though, you can't coach like breaking angles. <laughs> like the guy just unbelievable with uh, making the first guy and the second guy miss. And, and, and it, he doesn't need to have – that's the best, the best thing about it too, guys, is like he doesn't need to be schemed open. We saw him run out route, great timing, wide open, easy. He was able to successfully read leverage and and read the coverage and be like, oh, if I like veer towards the left here, I'll be wide open and get a twenty five yard catch. You know, like knowing how he can work that. Um, I mean, he he made production on real routes, not just uh, oh, let's give it a screen and see what he can create. And then of course you have all these like jet motions, which is like just icing on the cake, right? That he can do those kind of things um, and be kind of a distraction. But I, I honestly think you'll see less and less of that as the year goes on. I do kind of think like we're all saying, maybe that was just to get his, um, you know, his feet wet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, certainly I, I think at that out route that I remember you talking about, like, yeah, that was a great route by him. It, yeah. It was all these little jet motions and kind of, screens to him or it's just like okay we like we know you have zay we know you can we know he can make some guys miss but like doing all that for like three yards doesn't really make, no, no, doesn't really make much sense Chris, you know i'm gonna call it right now that screen they they threw they're gonna throw it the likely next time they're gonna pump it and then throw it the likely and it's gonna be a touchdown or right like, over there yeah or andrews or whoever it is I, yeah it's like the dude, way it's I, the way it's schemed up like that's that's the that's the counter, yeah. right? <laughs> so, yeah. like, I mean, it's one of those things. That, I mean, you gotta you gotta account for it because he, he got what like ten yards on that play, <laughs> you know? Right. right. Um, yeah. No, I, I was actually gonna say. I mean, from from my perspective, actually, I want to kind of tie this back to Odell because um, I wanted to talk about him a little bit more for a minute. But um, you know, it was it was one of those things. I felt like you know a, a little of these plays. Like it, it seemed very clear to me that the Texans were playing really close man coverage. They were playing right up on guys. Honestly, if the refs wanted to, I feel like they could probably have called more flags. 
um, is a little bit surprising maybe that that we didn't get as many as we could but I mean the way to beat that like you got to try to get beat guys deep right push him back a little bit and I felt that was actually where, where Odell shined particularly in the second half like yeah he was able to draw those pass interference calls and while like yeah maybe you look at it you're like maybe he kind of just pushed off on the guy like well, I mean, that was, in essence, I think that was what it was there for, right? To kind of stretch the field a little bit, push the Texans back, try to beat that man-to-man coverage. Uh, because, you know, whatever the Ravens were throwing to these little screens on the outside, like the Texans were all over it. They knew where it was going to go. They rallied really quickly. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, to me, this game and some of the offense there, like like I said, it wasn't the worst thing we've seen. Like we've seen the Ravens offense been much, much worse. But it was one of those I looked like, you know, oh, I'm looking like into late in the season, postseason, trying to figure out, okay, you know, what are the counters for this offense? Like, what do you have to run and things like that? I feel like week one, the coaching staff, what they're probably looking at is like, okay, we're going to throw some of this stuff out here and we might try some plays here or there. And they may not, they may work a little bit. They may not be the best play in a particular situation, but I feel like they're, it's, it's a teachable moment, right? You're going to be looking at this and exactly what, what you said, Alec, right? If you're going to throw this screen here, yeah, it may not have worked too well, but we're setting up some other things we want to run later, right? We're teaching these young guys like, okay, in this situation, you might see this and, you know, defenses are going to counter with this. Well, we're going to throw this in here and then the defenses are going to be caught off guard because we do something else, right? So yeah, after kind of thinking about it a little bit more, I'm like week one, like these things I feel like start to make a little bit more sense um, in the context of like a fuller season as teachable moments. Yeah. There's a lot to learn from here. And, um, one other thing to bring up with Odell, too, is I don't know how clear it was from the broadcast, but when he got that first catch finally, you know, he had some other uh, interference calls and stuff before then. When he got that first catch, he got a standing O. Like, people were pumped for him. And he went no, nuts. The broadcast showed it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean. The broadcast was, was ready. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I didn't know we were doing that. No, I never, I never got the memo. <laughs> <laughs> that it was going to be like a standing O, but everyone was nuts. And I was like, I'm here for it. All right, cool, cool. I like Odell. <laughs> I mean, he's got, he's got the star presence. I mean, wherever you stand on Odell, like what, what's undeniable is that the man's been around the league. He's, he's made a lot of plays. He's, he's a star in this league. He's a star in this league. Is he the, the guy that he was when he burned us back in, in 2016 or 2017, whenever that was? Very likely not, but like like you were saying back in, in training camp, you were saying that you could definitely see Odell being like an Anquan Bolden type for this team, uh, maybe even if that's a Bolden light. And if it continues like what we saw yesterday, I, I'm totally bought in on that. He was, like I said, the Texans were physical with him, and so he just went right in there. He sacrificed for the team. He didn't get his catch till much later, only ended up with two receptions on the game. I think there are going to be games that we're going to see this year where where he's going to be fo- a focal point of this offense. Particularly, I think, in division games, we could definitely see that. Maybe next week. Maybe next week we see a game where he's peppered with seven or eight targets and, and has, you know, 80-some yards and, and a couple touchdowns. Um, I don't know. It, it, I, I still don't know with Odell, but I think from this game, he definitely showed me that he's still got... He has that veteran savvy. He's got fighting him and there's potential here for him to be a great veteran outlet on this team uh, in big games. So we'll see. I was pleasantly surprised with what we saw. Uh, The stat line does definitely does not tell the whole story. And hopefully uh, that can be built on blocks for the rock too. Everyone did all the, all the wide receivers are blocking, uh, which is key for some of these, these screenplays. There's a lot of that too, like screens to the running backs. There, There were, there were definitely more outlets for Lamar, um, to, to get the ball out of his hands and other people's hands. So definitely, definitely was good. I do think the, the other concern though I have about the offense is just like, yeah, I guess it really comes down to the offensive line to me at this point, like everything else I'm seeing, I, I just need to see this offensive line, let Lamar, you know, get to his later reads. He definitely, he was holding on to the ball. He wanted to do some later stuff when there was more open stuff down, like closer. And that might be a discipline thing. Let's talk about Lamar briefly um, because, you know, this was his first game back from the injury, same as last year. That's how we opened 2022. No touchdown passes in this game. Uh, no interceptions either to get sacked four times. Like we said, that was probably more on the offensive line than on him. Um, first thoughts on Lamar. Any thoughts or was it just Lamar looks like Lamar? Well, he did have the one interception. 
Oh, he did have the that interception. Was, my fault. Yeah, that was a little That's early right. In he the did. Game. Yeah. yeah, he did. That. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think it did. It ended up it didn't end up making a field goal or did the Texans punt on that drive. I don't remember. I, I think they punted. Um, it was yeah. deep in our territory. They they didn't yeah. have the firepower in that game to right to go that far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, for me, uh, I mean, it's hard to kind of separate the rust excuse <laughs> i feel like it's a little negative of saying that but like i mean everybody kind of gets a pass a pass that's probably a better word um everybody kind of gets a rust pass of you know if you didn't start in the preseason um you just haven't had a whole lot of snaps you're gonna look a little uh, off um so I, I don't i don't feel like um lamar played any worse than some of the other guys um that situation um you know, obviously, I think that there were some situations like ball security, like he'll get it figured out. Like this hasn't really been something that's been a huge problem from him. Um, you know, some some decision making like, yeah, you'd like to have him see some guys who were open, maybe go through his progressions a little bit faster. But like, honestly, like that's fine. Like it's going to happen from time to time. So I'm not like super worried about it. Yeah. I mean, going into like week two, like... <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't say. Like, obviously, you want to see him play better. Uh, you want to see the whole offense play better. You want to see him throw touchdowns. But uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like the, <laughs> I feel like Omar is just saying, like, you just got to see him get better. You know, I don't, I don't know if there's anywhere in particular, but he's just got to get better. Yo, the whole NFL was rusty, yo. Like, I don't even know. It's like, I mean, me, Burrow, look at, look at <laughs> like week, Burrow, you know, yeah. Danny Dimes. Like, <laughs> week one was, and I might not be exaggerating here, the sh- Shittiest week of NFL football I have ever watched. It's like we're not even th- done yet. I, I know, I know, we're not done. We're we'll see, see what happens here. For like three interceptions. Yeah, right, right now as we speak, that game's only three zero. And, and, and Zach Wilson's uh, in the first in. quarter. <laughs> Wait, is Rogers hurt? Yeah, he got carted off, or he's like uh, he has like a, a foot injury. Yeah, no joke. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Jeez Louise. Yeah, dude. Ca- but I mean, Caleb's uh, losing his mind. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, man, I mean, gosh, that's so crazy with the Jets. They they can't have anything good happen to them, can they? But um, not that Rodgers, not the healthy Rodgers is going to get them to the Super Bowl. But like, I mean, what good games were there this weekend? Even including the Thursday night one. That was cool that the Lions won, but it was more so just the Chiefs have no one who can catch the ball. Like Mahomes <laughs> threw game winning passes and the Chiefs were just like, we hate you. We're going to drop it. I don't know what the <laughs> f*** happened there. Like aside from Eagles, Patriots and the Chargers, Dolphins games, all the games were shit. Shame on you, NFL, for this stupid ass 17 game season. It's coming back to bite you someday because the product is not going to be as good. This is going to be a thing that's going to keep happening. The teams are adjusting to the fact that week one is basically an extended preseason and you guys don't care because you're still making money, but the product is not as good. And rant, I, I'm, I'm, I just man, it took, <laughs> it was, it took. I don't know how many minutes. What are we like forty some minutes in before we had our first rant, like unhinged rant? Jeez, we got to start this earlier. <laughs> I don't know, man. man. Just, just this this weekend of football was just so boring. I mean, this game included. Like, I don't know. That's just how I felt. I felt it was a really boring weekend of football and really disappointing. And I think that a big part of it was just that teams just are like are using the the very beginning of the season week one maybe some of week two as an extended preseason because there's the extra game but right. anyways that's just my opinion i'm no, sure it's, it's that real... there's some who shared or some that disagree but i think it's mostly shared the funny part is that peter's like i see a broken wrist i raise you more editing <laughs> <laughs> all those beeps <laughs> i got you man it's all good um <laughs> uh the thing that's funny too like Harbaugh had a very interesting presser today talking about the preseason. The guy has like completely like he was basically saying the NFL and the NFLPA need to talk right now, like about how they're going to change preseason because it's it's definitely a problem. You know, uh, he thinks it needs to be a longer ramp up. Like there's not enough time to properly ramp people up, and if you're sending people out too, like even even just in practice, it's not a long enough time for for ramp up. You know, I know that like that kind of goes against the whole like OTA nature and all that other stuff, like trying to give the players more, I guess, free time or whatever. But yeah, it's it's interesting for sure. Like he, he said that there's some major changes that need to be done about how preseason is handled for them to like for conditioning and stuff. But yeah, the, the week one uh, touchdowns this year was like 20 percent down from last year. 
and like the year before wow. that and, and all that. Yeah, it just and it's been getting progressively worse. I mean, obviously it's a small sample size of just three years, but like um, it, each year it's gotten worse the last three years, um, and it's like significant now. <laughs> it's like almost forty uh, percent down from from two years ago. Crazy. No touchdowns. Um, but yeah, everyone's a little rusty. I I I also like I struggle to say it's even rust. It's like more like. I feel like there's still a little bit of processing going on for Lamar because it's new offense. Love the checks, by the way. Wasn't that great? Him checking out of stuff, checking into other things. I thought that was kind of cool to see him being able to do that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't care about the stat line personally. For, for me, I understand there were some things with Russ, but when you take outside of it, I mean, he looked calm and collected back there. He, he looked like a veteran quarterback. Um, like you said, this offense looked different. It looked more like what the rest of the NFL is running. The, you had the wide receiver sets made a lot more sense. <laughs> there was a ton of spacing, like we saw in the preseason, that extended to the regular season. Um, he never looked flustered back there. I, I can live with the rust. I can live with the rust. I can also live with it because, you know, the new offensive coordinator, like we said. So, of course, we're going to need to see a better performance against Cincinnati. I don't care that the Browns steamroll them. They're still going to get come ready to play next week. But uh, for the first game, sure. I, I'm fine with it. I'm not in panic mode at all. Yeah, I mean, you'd much rather be in 1-0 going into a game with Cincinnati than, you know, be in their position yeah. of, you know, you lose two in a row, one to your division rival. Or actually, at that point, they would lose two, uh, be two games back in the division. Oh, yeah, they're um, going to fight hard yeah. uh, next Sunday. Yeah, we got to be ready for that. <laughs> Most Dude, Zach Wilson's moving the ball. Oh, is he? I'm not watching it. <laughs> I'm just watching the dots here in between while we're recording. It's on a separate screen, but I got I got the O's game on the uh, separate screen. Grand slam from Cedric Mullins. Yeah, and uh, as we speak, Henderson is walking the bases for another 422 yard or foot bomb, <laughs> bomb. The guy's awesome. Such an awesome team. One of the best Baltimore sports team of all time. This year's Orioles, without a doubt. Dang, high praise. I'm serious. I I, th- I think so for our lifetime. Yeah. I just know I mean, a, there was a lot of yeah, good definitely. back uh, back before we were born. Yeah, I, I can't comment on the 70s and the 80s ones because uh, I was not there. Well, in the 60s, too. Yeah, we had like almost three full decades of Orioles dominance before the fall. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, even as good as 2014 was, like this might be the, the best O's team that we've seen to date. Well, one more thing I want to talk about special teams before we wrap up. Uh, how about that Jordan Stout? I felt like his uh, his net average for punting, I think, was a lot better than it was last year. He had a couple of really booming punts. So, uh, Alec, I think you're happy about that. I am happy about that. He definitely turned the field when uh, we weren't able to make you know good movement uh, and we're backed up a little bit. And boom, man. Like uh, You know what's funny, Chris? Harbaugh brought that up, too, during his presser. You know? He's like, let's talk about Jordan Stout for a second. <laughs> <laughs> he like he had to bring it up he's like that was awesome but uh yeah definitely uh definitely yeah you know, seeing some improvements love that oh, i just want to make sure we didn't get out of here before we uh you know talk about the special teams so tucker's great honestly um nothing really to say there but uh but yeah i, I felt like stout i was like Okay, I noticed that. Big improvement over last year. So, Oh, I, I do want to throw one last thing, too, about the, the offense. Quick hit of uh, Bateman had less snaps than Ricard. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> like, Bateman uh, only had 39% of snaps. Maybe it was a, a load management mm-hmm. thing. Um, but, I mean, it was it was the Odell and Zay show almost the whole time as far as uh, they're out there for 92 and yep. 84% of the snaps, respectively. Um, saw a little bit of sprinkling of Aguilar and Duvernay on like run plays. I don't think they ran many routes, um, which is an interesting, like anti tell. I mean, it was like, it can't really be that big of a tell week one, but, uh, could be, could be a tell next week or could be a, a scheme, you know, for next week to, <laughs> to switch it up. Aguilar, I think a fish got the official start as well. Oh, really? Yeah. That's at least what it looked like when reading the game book. I can't remember who was out there on the first play, but. Uh, the the game book listed um, Odell Zay and Aguilar as the starters, which what does that really mean? I think that just means they were out there for the first play. So yeah. I mean, I always love that. That's too. all it does mean. <laughs> starters, <laughs> start the whole starter thing is hilarious to me. Like yeah, just for exactly yeah. what you just said. Well, what formation do they want to start in? Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's it's so like, many players that don't play every snap. 
yeah, it doesn't really mean much in football. I mean, sure, basketball, baseball, sure, but football outside of like quarterback and offensive lineman, like start, okay, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, I guess MVP. MVPs. MVPs. All right, well, first, before I go, I'll just throw out Zay Flowers as the universal MVP because I know we're all going to say him. Um, <laughs> obviously, the star rookie of this game. But uh, gosh, there's so many to pick from, but I guess I'll go with Owe. Um, you know, again, like we said, it was against the Texans, but still, he had a, a complete game, and this is the t- player that we were expecting to see when we were drafted in the first round, and hopefully he can build on that, and this is a, the sign of, of a breakout season for him. I'm going to go uh, stay with the defense, Roquan Smith. Uh, absolute monster. Huge impact. I mean, I, I feel like I have to give co, like, between Roquan and PQ. Like, I don't want to diss PQ there, but, like, both of them together, man, that position group is insane. So, they played awesome. Easy to go with the defense the whole way if you wanted to. You could say Ojabo with that closing a strip sack. You know, you could go uh, maybe Matabike, maybe. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to go the offense. and I'm going I'm to say JK. And the reason why is he was a catalyst for the first score of the season, um, diving over people, broke a tackle in the uh, flats when he had um, you know a safety valve pass from Lamar, and uh, you know he put everything he had for this team in the, the limited action he saw. So uh, hope he gets well and has a full recovery and takes the league by storm whenever he's back next year. So, but I think it's. He did enough in this game to say, like, I, th- I, I mean, shoot, guys, like, Justice Hill had two touchdowns. <laughs> like, the, he could it could have been high. a three touchdown game for for JK. Um, so, yeah, I definitely uh, definitely felt like that guy gave everything he had for the limited action he did play. Well, on that like semi summer note, which is kind of like this whole game in a way, we'll be back later in the week with our preview game uh, or preview episode rather for the big divisional game in Cincinnati. Uh, one o'clock game next week on Sunday. Make sure to watch it, and uh, we'll see who's the leader of the AFC after that. Uh, AFC North, at least. So, definitely a big game. And uh, yeah, we'll be back later in the week, guys, with all of that. You can find us on Twitter. I'm not going to call it X anymore. I'm excited. I'm going to call it Twitter. <laughs> so, you still find us on Twitter at one winning pod and email us one winning pod at gmail.com. See you later in the week.